0: We are on chapter 22 of Melachim Aleph. This is actually the final chapter of the book. The 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 division of Melachim into Melachim one and Melachim two is not a Jewish thing. So you'll see, like in the book, there really isn't going to. I mean, there shouldn't be in my book. There's practically no indication that we're starting a new book. It just goes yeah. into the next one. Okay, so that's why the Jewish books do that. They don't. The chapters were not a Jewish invention. So. So your book actually makes a cleaner, cleaner, cleaner division. If you look at mine, it just goes right into the next thing. The first verse of Melachim Aleph is actually at the bottom of this page. uh, The last verse of Melachim Aleph is all right. Uh, There's practically no indication. Chapters what Roman Catholic. Well, chapters splitting the chapter: I don't know exactly. It was I'm, definitely it was Christian. I just don't know okay. from what era. And okay, Pasu, uh, chapter twenty two. So what what was the last thing we saw? Yeah. Was that miraculously at the end of the Navot story, Eliyahu comes to Achav and says, "You're going to be destroyed." Actually, let's actually read the punishments. Uh, Eliyahu comes him and he says. Did you kill and then take possession? And he says, so says God, the place that the dogs licked the blood of Navot, they're also going to lick your blood. And then also regarding Izebel, I'm going to bring, and then he says, I'm going to bring a, a bat upon you and your family, and I'm going to destroy every single male and every single possession and every single person whether <coughs> inside the house or outside the house, in Ahab's family is going to be destroyed. And then I'm going to make your house like the house of Yarogam, which was destroyed. And also Ezebel, God said that the the dogs are going to eat her body, which is more intense than what we said about uh, Ahab, which was that the dogs would lick the blood off the floor. Here, the dogs are going to eat Isabel's corpse. Okay, so that's a more intense punishment for Ezebel as she gets... And I think we see her punishment in like the ninth chapter of Melachim Bet. So it's actually going to come about. Spoiler alert. So that's what that happened. Okay. And then after hearing this, Akhav, incredibly, he decides to do Teshuvah. And God says, Wow, you see how he's humbled himself before me. So instead of bringing upon him all of the punishment, I'm going to bring it upon his son. This Teshuvah gets him a one generation delay. Now, what part of the punishment is brought upon his son, and what part of the punishment is going to be on Achav? Achav is still, remember, if you remember, Achav already has basically been guaranteed death whenever he let Ben Hadad from Aram go. So Achav is going to lose the next battle, and he's going to die in that battle. So the punishment that's going to be um, delayed one generation to Achav's son. That's the punishment of having the rest of the family eradicated. Mm-hmm. Akh'av is going to die in battle as punishment for letting Ben Hadad live. But it, but in terms of his punishment for doing all the Abu Zarah and Navot and this and that, that's the destruction of his entire household. That gets delayed one more generation. And if we look at the chart, you'll see that right after Akh'av, Achaziah, and then Yoram and... We switch to a new uh, thing. We switch a to a new line. Okay, so I know we're gonna we're gonna see why there is, you know, what Achaziah Horam had, uh, thing, what what their stories were. But you see, very quickly after Achav, we have a new line. Um, Yehu is the one who's going to famously do like lay waste to the family of Achav. Okay, okay, so so uh, that's gonna be the new line. Okay, so okay. now we're on chapter twenty two. And we're going to now get back to the story of Aram and Ben-Hadad and Ach'av, okay? Because last we left that story of Aram and Ben-Hadad and Ach'av, they had basically made a treaty. Ach'av said, oh, he's my brother. He lets him go. Ach'av asks, or he gets back cities that were taken by Aram in the north. And he gets to have like his own marketplace in Damascus, which was good for Jewish business, okay? Now we're going back to that story. They dwelt for three years. There was no war between Aram and Israel. And it was in the third year. Yehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah who is the son of Asa. Asa we know. Asa was the one who was a very good king. He eradicated all of like the um, the Zarah in Yehuda, And the only thing Assad didn't succeed in doing was to get rid of the Bamot. That's what we know about him. We also know Asa because he was the one who got Basha, the evil king of the north, off of interrupting, uh, off of blocking people from going to the Beit HaMikdash, if yes. you remember that story. Okay, so Assad remember, was a good king. Now we meet Yehoshaphat. <coughs> Yehoshaphat, king of Judah, comes to king of Israel. Now the interesting thing we're going to see about Yehoshaphat is that he's very intent on unifying Am Israel and treating Israel and Yuda as one country. Okay, and that's going to be a beautiful thing. I mean, like he is the line of David and Melech, which is, that's like in their DNA. It's in the DNA of David, we see unity. So that's going to be one of the characteristics of Yehoshaphat in the story. So, the king of Israel, Achav says to his servants, don't you know that Ramot Gil'ad belongs to us? And we have hesitated or we have, I don't know how they translated it there, but we have, we have been lax in taking it from the king of Aram. Now probably Achav, after many years of being on good terms with Aram because of his own success in battle against Aram, it just dawns on him that they took the city from us why we're stronger than them It belongs to us Why shouldn't we take it? I could beat him Now let's look at the Radak Because do you remember the, This could be misunderstood Because Some of the commentaries They say that What's Ramot Gilad? Ramot Gilad is one of the cities That They, they say the, the commentaries say Some commentaries say That Ramot Gilad is one of the cities That Aram promised Israel back Okay and then what Achav is complaining about here is that they didn't keep their side of the treaty. He never got it back. Now that's not what the Radak says. I want to read the Radak's interpretation of events because, it, honestly, it shows how detail-oriented the Radak is in his commentary. Okay, Kilanu Ramot Gilad. Kilanu belongs to Am Israel because it's written in the Torah that belongs to the people of God. Okay, let's not get it. have a question here. Didn't Aram already tell Achav that I'm going to give you back all of your cities? So, what happened that Ramot Gilad was forgotten? And if you say that maybe Aram just didn't keep their side of the bargain, of the treaty, it doesn't make any sense because it says they had peace for three years at the beginning of the story So if they had peace for three years Then it wouldn't have made sense Because if Aram withheld immediately after they made their treaty If he withheld all 20 cities that he promised him back Then Ahab would have gone straight to war with him you know he has, he has him where he wants him But the fact that Ahab waited three years Means he must have received those 20 cities Okay Why didn't he do this war three years ago? Why is Ach'av focusing only on Ramot Gilad if there are 20 other cities that haven't been returned? (coughs) You see how Radak proves that it's probably not one of the cities that was part of that treaty? Mm -hmm. Why would you focus on this one when there are 19 others? So we have to say that Ramot Gilad was not one of the cities that Aram took from Achav, from Omri's father of Achav. This was this was something that Aram had taken from Israel well before that ever happened. And Achav simply wasn't didn't think to ask also for the city that was like well in their history. And then three years go by and he realizes that he's, you know, he's strong and he has a good army and they're in peace. And he's like, why are we in peace with this group? They still have another city that we never asked for before. You know, and and it was just Akhav's fault for maybe being too eager to strike a deal that he didn't like, you know, be patient and think about, wait, what else could we get out of them? Could we get all the cities that they've taken from us? So that's kind of an interpretation of events here. So Akhav asked the servants, don't you realize that Ramot Gilad belongs to us? Why are we not taking it? So then Ahab turns to Yehoshaphat. And he says, Would you go with me to Ramot Gilad to, to um, fight for Ramot Gilad? Yehoshaphat says to the king of Israel, "Kamoni, Like you, like me. Your nation my nation. Your horses are like my horses or my horses are like your horses. Um, treat my army as your army. We are united. We're brothers. So on. So okay. Yosha'fat, the religious Judah king, turns to Achav and he tells him probably something that Achav may not have wanted to do. And he says, okay, before we even go to war though, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be your partner, but we need to ask God. We need to ask Adonai. So then Achav, this is the most fascinating part. So then Ahab gathers all of the Nevi'im. 400 men. And he said, Should I go against Ramot Gilad in war or should I, should I resist doing it? And all of the Nevi'im said, Go up and God will give in the hands of the king, will give the city in the hands of the king. Now, what do you think Yoshabat's response is gonna be? I read already. Is there no king, is there no Navi of God that we can ask? And and ask him instead of these Nivim? So fat, that that is a incredible thing. Okay, there's so much to unpack there. First of all, how did Yoshabbat know these weren't Niveim of Hashem? First question. Second question is. This really is, is interesting It's not a question It's an observation After Eliyahu destroyed So many of the naviim of Baal It seems like You know The naviim That are non-God just Are still ascendant So like How much did Eliyahu accomplish? It seems like He didn't really make Any fundamental change And you know Like you know They always say Drain the swamp Yes So you drain the swamp And if you leave the swamp For a month The swamp will refill It doesn't take so long To refill it You know so Eliyahu tried draining the swamp to whatever extent, but we see here that the swamp is, is still fully, fully there. So it's, it's, it's just a fascinating thing, okay? So he says, Are there no Nevi'im um, to Hashem that we can ask them? So let's look at Radach. Because he knew that they weren't to God. Because Yehoshaphat recognized that these are Nevi'im of Asherah. But he didn't say, What could Yoshavat have said to Achab? He could have said, Why did you bring me false false prophets? He didn't say this. Said, could you bring a prophet that's a Adonai prophet? He said it kindly. Why? To show kindness to Achab, the king Achab. Okay? Um, I like this footnote a lot. About the Gemara and yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. And in the Gemara and at first said, No, what do you mean? These are Nevi'im of Hashem. Why are you denying that these are Nevi'im of Hashem? This is my tradition from the uh, house of my father. The Nevi'im, they will receive prophecy, but they will never produce the same exact wording. Every Navi will get the message in the form of some kind of riddle. And each Navi has their own in individual yes. faculties that, that, that make them interpret it differently. So Navi may say the same thing, but they'll always use different words. And these naviim, to be more convincing, we're all using the same exact words. There's 400 of them. Right. That's a Exactly. <laughs> so, Achav <clears throat> says to yeah, there's one more navi that belongs to God. We could ask him, but I hate him. Because he never does, says anything good about me. He only says bad. He is, And Yehoshaphat says, don't say, don't speak like that. Don't speak like that, it's okay. He's good. This is a good. Bring him. He's a good uh, he's a good Navi. So let's um let's pause there. It's Mihai, fascinating they how say... honesty is. Yeah, like, Rashi yeah, here there says one, but I don't like what he says. By the way, I think we met Mikhail before. We have. Cuff Membet. Whenever he's ripping him for what he did with um a thing. Membet, here we are. I'll just quickly read it. Bayomar here. Oh, does it say whose identity was in this? side? It's it's, it's assumed in the footnotes that it's in fact. Oh, but it It actually doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us in the text, in the plain text. Hold on. You sure? Which chapter was it? It's in chapter 20. Beish had me penna the verse, Okay, so actually, the navi is not identified. The one that, that criticizes him and rebukes him for his handling of Ben Hadad, um it was, never, it was never identified. Now we're identifying it as this same one that's saying that's going to tell him that they're not going to win the war. Interesting. Okay. We'll continue, Bezra Shem, on Tuesday. Baruch, Adonai L'Olam. Amen